Welcome to the ninth episode of Made in Asia, the podcast about entrepreneurs and creators and the experience and transformation economies in Asia. Today, we're delighted to have with us Nicholas Schum, an Imagineer, Walt Disney Imagineering. Few do it better than Disney when it comes to creating experiences and entertainment. Disney theme parks are legendary for making a story come to life. And the people behind the scenes of creating that experience are called Imagineers. Nicholas stumbled into this profession. We're looking forward to learning from him more about his profession, what he does as an Imagineer, and also what theme parks are all about. All right. Welcome back to this episode of Made in Asia, the podcast about entrepreneurs and creators in the experience and transformation economies in Asia. Today, we're going Olympic here in Hong Kong. It's an Olympic neighborhood. And um, we have a very special guest, Nicholas Schum, an Imagineer from Disney. So amazing, I would say. Um, it's really cool to have you, Nicholas. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Yeah. So people may wonder what's an Imagineer. So I'm going to give a quote here uh, from some, some person that's passed away a few years ago, but uh, you may be familiar with it. We keep moving forward, opening up new doors and doing new things because we're curious and curiosity keeps leading us down new paths. We're always exploring and experimenting. We call Imagineering the blending of creative imagination with technical know-how. Walt Disney. You're the legend. Yeah, legend, ins bigger inspiration, done so many things, right? So that's sort of the statement from him. But what does an Imagineer really do? Wow. Um, well, we, we come up with the creative, we come up with the concept, we um, bring the imagination to real life. And um, through WDI, which is Walt Disney Imagineering, um, we build these highly themed attractions and lands and teleport people from their regular daily lives to um, Disney-themed lands. Okay, so it focuses mostly on the theme parks, right? Imagineering? Correct. Correct. Absolutely. There was a few attraction thing outside, but mo mostly like what 98% is within, within theme parks, right? That's right. Um, it's a division under the um, Disney parks and resorts. Right. And uh, we work exclusively for parks and resorts to bring this to real life. Okay. And you're in the uh, Hong Kong park, is that right? Correct. So I work for Walt Disney Imagineering Asia mm -hmm. and uh, currently working for the Hong Kong theme park. Okay. So we'll talk a little bit more what, what it all entails. It still sounds very um, mysterious, Imagineering, right? But uh, clearly there's some engineering aspect in it um, where where people apply physics and skills and you know all of that into blending it into another realm of, of uh, fantasy or ideas, right? So that's, that's where it comes together. Seems to be a pretty cool job, no? Um, I think I'm pretty lucky, pretty mm. blessed to uh, be working for the Disney Corporation. Um, yeah, we we take normal construction or we take heavy construction and we make it Disney-fied. Um, What does that mean, Disney-fied? It's, uh, it's they're not just building a regular box and you're not just building a uh, regular roller coaster or ride. Mm. Um, but you're putting all the Disney aspects together to make it an amazing attraction. Um putting together all the lights and sounds and special effects and making it safe for anybody's family to to go and enjoy. Right. And that's 
it's a big team, right? So there's thousands of Imagineers around around the world. All over the world, correct. Okay. Um, we've got parks all over the world, um, headquartered in Glendale, California. Mm. And, uh, you know, Disney, obviously, great multinational from America. Yep. Um, two massive, massive theme parks in both California and Florida. Mm. And they've been exporting it since, I want to say... The 80s, you know, when they started opening expansions uh, overseas in Asia and Europe. Yep. And and now, um, obviously, Shanghai, the most recent one, which uh, is where your journey with Disney kind of starts. So tell us, how did you, um, I mean, what happened before you joined Disney and, and how did it come about? It's an interesting story for anyone who's interested in, uh, in Imagineering, I guess. Yeah, um, I was already living and working in Shanghai at that time. Um I had no idea that they were actually building a Disney theme park in Shanghai. Mm. I thought it was a joke. I thought it was just, you know, why would Disney go to China to build a a huge theme park? Um, I had no idea. I didn't have any background in, in theme park construction. But uh, I was in a running club. I mm. met somebody that was already working uh, for Disney in Shanghai, and they said they were looking for people. Um, I have a background in logistics and building any kind of world-class project. Mm is a logistical nightmare. Um, and I got the opportunity to interview um, and go visit the site where uh, where they're building outside of Pudong. Mm. And uh, met some great people. Um, they gave me an opportunity to join their, their team. And I said it was once in a lifetime opportunity to go build a uh, world-class project in, in Shanghai. Awesome. So guys, go running. It's a good thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have been running last week enough. But uh, anyway, um, you just never know who you're going to meet exactly. in any forum or any kind of activity. And you just have to be open and have a good conversation and just uh, open doors anywhere. Yeah. So at what stage did you get involved in the Shanghai project? Was it uh, bare land? I mean, it was vacant land. Did they already have construction underway or... Where did you fit in into that process? Yeah, so by the time I joined the Shanghai project, um, all the foundations were already in. Um, a lot of the superstructure was already being being built and up, which is the concrete boxes mm. and any steel structure. Um, and we were probably, I'd say, about twelve months, fourteen months away from from doing like interior fit out and. Okay. How long does it normally take to build something like Shanghai Disneyland? Oh, Shank. Um, Five years or seven years or? I've got uh, friends and colleagues that started way back in 2006, 2007. Wow. They started going to Shanghai. Ten years um, plus. A lot of planning, a lot of strategy, hmm. a lot of um, initial works takes place a lot earlier before they go into construction. Mm -hmm. um, but what I, what I heard from uh, my old colleagues or even existing colleagues is that they were traveling back and forth. Yeah, so they were based in Hong Kong at the time, or the U.S. So it's, is it a global effort to put something like this together? How does it work for mainly from the U.S. Okay, mainly from the U.S. Yeah, yeah. and uh, at some point, I mean, into when they get into the construction, putting in the piles and putting in the foundations, then they start sending a, a heavy team that will be based um, on the site or yeah. in in the city. And uh, I think, well, I was already living in Shanghai when I when I started working for Disney, but. Um, I think in the 2010s is when they started sending people yeah, to live uh, full-time in, in Shanghai and work on the project mm. in the field. Okay. And and um, have you been out to the headquarter in, in California? Yes, I have. I've been to Glendale. What kind of place is that? Um, it was pretty surreal for me first time. Um, 
being a Canadian kid, uh, grew up in Toronto. I never thought I'd, I've been to Disneyland uh, as a little kid, but I'd, or Disney World as mm. a little kid, and I never thought I'd be working for the Disney Corporation halfway around the world. Yeah. Uh, going to Glendale or going to LA, LA is a great city, but going to head office and seeing where all the magic really comes from and the different divisions out there. Mm. Um, yeah, just the studio lot and seeing how big, not just Imagineering, but the whole Disney corporation is out there with the ABC studios. Yeah. Yeah. It's a real experience. Yeah. There's a big overlap, I guess now with the movie side of Disney, right? Where a lot of feeds a lot into the attractions and into the, into the parks, right? This is sort of, a I say synergy, I guess, between two different businesses that a lot of the attractions nowadays come directly from all the movies that are being produced, right? Yeah, so Disney, obviously not just the name, but they've got a giant vault of IP. Um, Disney Parks and Resorts is a massive part of, of the Disney Corporation, uh, brings in a ton of revenue for them. Mm. Um, especially now, uh, you know, like we've had a year over 14, 16 months of covid um, all businesses are changing. So the movie business, the sports business, the news business, mm. um, and especially the theme park business has changed quite a bit. Yeah. Um, a lot of closures to the parks all over the world. Tough times for sure. Yeah. But, uh, with the IP, um, you know, the company's trying to monetize and, uh, we, we do that through the parks yeah. very well. So going to Glendale, you see a lot of cool stuff. What's the most exciting part? What did you not expect to see when you went there what, that you can talk about? <laughs> Obviously, but the stuff they do that's like just mind-blowing or is there anything that's surreal? The mind-blowing stuff I can't talk about. Okay. Um, that's that's more of like some R&D efforts that, mm. that we do or that Disney does and they don't open until we open a new land somewhere in the world. Okay. Um, but it was just nice to go to like the movie lot and see where Walt Disney started doing his, uh, caricatures and, hmm. um, where his office was, um, where they actually filmed TV shows and some of the movies on the ABC lot, um, where, um, Iger works. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, they, they, uh, my colleagues over there opened up, uh, all the doors and took me around and showed me what it was, what, what what it is like to work for the Disney Corporation and how big it is. How long did it take? A couple of days? A week? Uh, no, it was just a day. We just drove okay. around and I mean, it's quite spread out around LA. Yeah, check out the, the different places. Cool. So um, when you started, what um, in terms of what you're getting yourself into, into this job, what did you, did you have any expectations or did it, every, I mean, were you blown away by what actually unfolded in front of your eyes or were you part of? Um, because I was new to construction, um, yeah, I had no expectations. I just figured I was going to learn, learn a new trade, um, learn from some, um, heavy hitters from Disney that's been doing it for a long time. Yeah. Um, I got to work with some of the, the greatest architects and engineers and, um, show production and fabrication people that, you know, they've been working on Disney projects in Asia and America and Europe and just culmination of experience really taught me. Um, everything I need to know to and, build and more of some. these places. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. To start this adventure. Yeah. So what's the rewarding part of um, creating a ride? Is that see people talk about it or, you know, where that people enjoy Disney in general, that it becomes more popular as a, as a park? Where What's the gratification you get out of it? Um, I think 
the best way to say it is uh, after a long day in the office, um, you have your good days, you have your bad days. But um, when you get back on the MTR, you get back on the bus to leave the park, you see little kids, parents, teenagers, uh, grandparents, um, everybody. They're wiped out, tired, they smell, <laughs> and um, they're, they're on the way back to the city just like I am. And um, you can just tell from, from their energy or from their experience that they've had a really good day, um, that they're really happy, that the magic has really uplifted their souls and that that to me is like really really gratifying hmm. that uh what we do um what we build all the detail uh that we put into our work is um pays off yeah. absolutely yeah for somebody in the hotel trade as me when when i go in a hotel i cannot look at it in an innocent form i mean i'm not a consumer in that way you know you have this professional eye at one point that kicks in and you start noticing a lot of things. How how is it when you go into a theme park, be it a Disney park or if you ever go to another one? We're not <laughs> going to talk about that. But um, how how is it different for you to experience a park? I mean, you notice different things than a, a regular guest could ever even imagine exist, right? How does that um, how does that journey work? Of course, it, it's become an occupational hazard now. Um, you just notice all the little things. Um, as I mentioned, just a little bit is the detail, um, all the detail that at least we, Disney, put into how we build these lands. Um, you start to notice where they where they spend the money, where they sort of value engineer some of it out. Yeah. Um, a lot of theme parks, you know, the ride systems and, and what they build and the IP they have, um, it's mainly where you see the money go. Okay. I, I, I guess it should be the same about hotels as... Uh, Where do they spend all their money? Well, I think Disney is hopefully better managed than some hotels are being built. <laughs> There's because it's a corporation; it's a very well efficiently run corporation. Whereas hotels are often passion projects, and money gets spent in places where it doesn't necessarily generate returns. Right. Uh, okay. So that is a. Uh, that's why we have some very nice hotels, and some where you just scratch your head and like, "Gosh, what were they thinking?" But uh, yeah, that's the that's the world of hotels. Uh, there's less money probably involved too, right? In, in the bigger scheme of things, right? The the, um, the Star Wars attraction was a couple of billion dollars. I read when they built that in Florida and in California, right? So these are huge investments when you build a new land. When um, when Disney picked up uh, Lucas Films and bought the IP for Star Wars, yeah, it's a huge IP. It's got a huge following. And the fact that they built one on each each coast of the United States is, you know, testament of where they see the brand and how they see it moving forward, not just in theme park, but mm. even the movies and the merch. and yeah. Mandalorian as a TV show, right? And Correct. It's all coming through, yeah. Okay. So in terms of the what you do every day, you said you're more on the construction side. Is that project management related or um, construction? Uh, I don't know. You said you you don't have a construction background, so what exactly? What is a work uh, day in the work of? Right, uh, so I work for the uh, project management and project controls team. Um, we're doing the traditional project management. Um, we do controls, so schedule, um, change management, and that's we've got a huge team. We've got a finance team. We've got your traditional QS teams, and we work with uh, the PMs to make sure that we execute all the scope. Okay. And you're working on an exciting project right now. Is that a secret as well, or 
so I can talk about that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I moved to Hong Kong in um, 2018 to work on Frozen Land for Hong Kong Disney. Um, okay. Hong Kong Disney set off on a uh, multi-year expansion, and uh, that included revamping what they have now, which is um, Ant-Man and Wasp. Hmm. They have a Milana theater. Um, they just completed the uh, rejuvenation or reconstruction of the castle. Mm-hmm. And uh, Frozen is next. And uh, there will be one more project coming after, which is a Marvel-based or Marvel-themed attraction. Exciting stuff. So is that, when you say revamping, is that the plussing? Uh, or, I mean, there's a lot of jargon that, that flies around in, in, in Imagineering. Is that what you call plussing? Re- or is that just a continuous process? Or what does plussing mean? Uh, it's refining. It's sort of taking some IP or taking an existing facility or ride and uh, maybe revamping it for new IP, mm. um, one that is more modern, one that um, is more attractive to the tastes of local market. And, you know, these these rides are concepted so early and built, like Hong Kong was built, Hong Kong Disneyland was built 15 years ago. Mm. It just uh, had its 15-year anniversary. Um, some, some rides and some attractions just don't uh, last last the last the time so mm. what what's the target lifespan of a of a land or of a it's hard to say okay um but you build it for probably 30 plus years right to to make it last if if the ip lasts then i guess that thing needs to run for uh, for quite a long long while right um this is all part of the commercial team and um, the industrial engineers they they go through and they see um, what's working and what's not working mm. within the parks. And then they'll come talk to Walt Disney Imagineering and say, hey, listen, like, this works and this doesn't work. How, how can we make it better? Okay. Do you have any personal favorite um, lands or, or rides, uh, be it Disney or non-Disney? We talk. <laughs> um, so Shanghai holds a near and dear space mm. in my heart. Um, I spent a, a number of years up there and working on that project. So I feel like that's definitely my baby. Okay. Any ride there or any land that you say like this is it uh, for you? I mean, yeah. So the Tron, the Tron ride, Tron attractions, really yeah. amazing. It's one of a kind, first of its kind for Disney. Hmm. Um, that one's really cool. I think. Okay. Because the user technology, or what? Why do you say it's a one of a kind and first of its kind? Uh, so they don't have any other Tron um, attractions in any other other park. Okay, it's so unique in that way. Okay. Exactly. It was the first one. Yeah. And. Um, yeah, I think the, the motorcycle theme, the Tron theme, really cool. yeah. future forward, Tomorrowland style. Yeah, and and as Imagineer, do you evaluate an ex, a land or a ride different than a guest would? I mean, is it does it reflect in the popularity for or is say Pirates of the Caribbean much more popular? You know, I mean, the way you experience it because you know what's happening and all the detail and the complexity, right? That the Imagineers have solved, right? Yeah, I'm just looking for cool factor. I mean, like I'm I'm just a, as much of a guest, even okay. though this is my craft. Yeah, um, going to different theme parks, you know, just seeing how they use their IP and what kind of ride systems or what what they can develop and what they can build. Yeah, um, we're all trying to up each other, and uh, Disney being near the top, you know, even um, Universal Studios, they're building some really cool attractions. Mm. In, um, Recently, they just opened a uh, Mario Brothers land in Japan, right? Which you know, I'm I'm geeking out on. I'm watching YouTube to see what what it looks like. Mm. Hopefully, one day we can go check it out. Yeah, 
So the the fun part, I guess, as you say, you're in project management. So it seems the guys in in Glendale have a lot more fun creating stuff, right? So the creativity part is is a huge element to it, right? And it come it's probably a long journey as well before it comes to your desk, basically. Yeah, of course. Um, sort of where I'm at in, in WDI or what we do um, in country, sort of like WDI Asia, mm. um, we're part of the execution. So um, a lot of the creative does come from Glendale. Um, they concept it. And once the concepts uh, become approved and move forward, um, they start involving the international teams where we're actually going to do the execution and the build out. Okay. And, and um, how much of the... Because you operate around the world. So obviously there's language issues. There's maybe cultural issues around how certain things are perceived or interpreted by the guest. And, and there's like a black box somewhere, right? Between what is presented and what is then remembered. What makes your memory? Is that, um, that's part of the creative process. How, how does it work like in Shanghai bilingual or it's in Chinese? It, it takes quite a big effort, right? To, to get that message right. Yeah, so all this stuff is done all in the pre-planning, um, even before the concept. You know, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of Disney, the, the planning is a huge part. They have to work with the local government. Um, even coming to Hong Kong so many years ago, they have to joint venture with the government. In China, it's the same. They have to joint venture with a local mm -hmm. uh, conglomerate or a local business partner. Yep. And they have to sell the concept. Everybody has to buy in. These projects, like I say, are world-class, spend a lot of money to build resorts. Um, I think it was like six or seven billion dollars what they spent in Shanghai to build mm. just the, the base park, as we call it, which is a castle park. And that, you know, takes not just a ton of money, but a ton of, ton of experts and building it in a foreign country. You're building it for a guest and a demographic that has to that that you have to make sure will monetize and enjoy the product. Right. And so I guess in the construction phase, you do a lot more with outside uh, companies, whereas in the creative part, it's maybe done more in-house, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. that's right. Um, we work with any, any expert in, you know, even traditional engineering. Uh, we work with really good consultants from all over the world. Mm. Um, Disney has a lot of the experts in-house. Yeah. And then we work with a lot of the experts, you know, that are on the ground. To make it happen. Yeah. Okay. So... Um, for you guys watching, if you're still not sure what Imagineer does, there's a pretty cool show or like a set of videos from the Khan Academy, I think it's called, um, Imagineering in a Box. There's also Pixar in a Box, but uh, the Khan Academy did a good job. Uh, if you want to see how a land is created or a, or, a, or a ride or a character, they have it all in there. So uh, it's, I think, 30 videos or so. Definitely worth watching if you're... Uh, If you want to geek out about Disney stuff. Um, there are a ton of books out there too. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of ex-Disney or even ex-theme um, park builders and they, they love to, it's a passion of theirs and they write about it. Yeah, YouTube, tons of videos, right? It's all it's all happening, absolutely. Um, one thing I wondered is, um, as you create an experience, is that always sort of a single layer experience in, in, in a land? I mean, does every guest more or less go through the same storyline? There's no, while you can maybe customize it a little bit, at the end of the day, the IP dictates the storyline, right? What do you mean by single layer? Um, like there's not a, an interaction is not open for multiple interpretations. 
it's always a very straightforward sort of uh, this is what the IP sort of uh, the story is, right? And that's then bundled up and presented. And, and there's it's always um, there's only one way you can actually approach uh, an, an, a land or a ride or the story. Um, I think every guest consumes it in their own way. They, mm. like I say, we we build these highly themed attractions and lands, and we want you to be immersed. Yep. Um, so if you've watched the movie, or you've watched the short videos, um, short short films, or when you get into the land, you consume it differently from being a child to to being an adult to being you know a grandparent. Mm. Um, I don't know about the single layer, but we put so much detail that it's it's up for anybody's interpretation but it right. does follow um a storyline or an ip and that's that's where we we delve deep into mm. so what you're saying is you make it accessible for different generations for example so they they have their own viewpoints and, and pick it up like that right yeah and the park i mean wdi has to take an interpretation it can't just be a straight copy from a movie or or a single ip they have to make sure it works um You've been to any theme park, there's restaurants, um, there's candy shop, hmm. there's merchandise shops, and not all films and not all IP will have that in the movie or, you know, the, the creatives have to take that with a little little bit of liberal action and, and make it into what we can build and hmm. show the guests. This is the end of the first part of our ninth episode with Nicolas Schum, Imagineer at Walt Disney Imagineering. 